and welcome back to Old School. Today we're going to be in the physical and spiritual classes and um, our teacher is going to be Freddie Minifield. Freddie has been my personal trainer and utilized the opportunity to impart some spiritual wisdom as well. Freddie is a pastor, a fitness coach, and a fifth degree black belt. He's been teaching, training, and inspiring people for over three decades. I'm one of them, <laughs> but not three decades. So. Freddie is a multifaceted individual known for his passion to help people. He has served in ministry since 1999. In 2014, Freddie and his wife, Terilyn, founded Word Life Church, where we're sitting to have this wonderful episode. Their desire to empower people with the Word of God. Freddie and Terilyn have been married for 27 years, have six children and six grandchildren. Is that still right? Didn't we just have another one recently? Okay. <laughs> Who they love dearly. And last but not least, Freddie is the offensive coordinator for the Fantasy Me team, which has been discussed in previous podcasts. So he is on the team. I believe at this time he's the only male on the team too. <laughs> Need a little testosterone sprinkled in. <laughs> Welcome to class, Freddie. How are you? Doing great. Thank Good. you very much for having me. Well, I appreciate it. And I and this is old school, so I do treat it like we're in class. And I my philosophy is that everyone's older than someone. And a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from others. So my hope is is that while this parallels my book in the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual quadrants and, and how we take care of those things. It's also getting to hear from other people. And that's kind of opens it up. I mean, I've had, I had a 23 year old on the podcast this morning. You know, I think I'm the oldest one so far, but we'll see. Oh no, maybe Bob Goff was older. Um, but you know, so that th that information can be utilized by everybody. I mean, I know 40 and 50 year olds who didn't already have a grip on their relationship with Christ, like this young lady that was on my podcast this morning. So, you know, we can all learn something from someone else, or we should at least be open-minded enough for it. So that's what I try to do in old school. And for me, my experiences with you have been in the physical and spiritual health realm. So where I'd like to go maybe first is how you got into uh, training. I know you've competed, and then um, is it karate? Karate. Kung sudo. Yeah, the actual. Kung what? Kung sudo. Kung sudo. Okay. Cool. I probably should have had you in your <laughs> with your black belt on. Um, so anyway, I we'd love to hear your story as like the foundation of the conversation. So. So how I got started with fitness? Yes. So I was. I was a youth pastor, I think at the time, at a church, and I had just given up on my chances of playing football. Um, so I needed an outlet. So instead of playing football, I joined a, a kickboxing studio. And in order to get myself in shape and be ready to perform in that arena, I started working out and that turned into helping other people work out. And it turned into, you know, can you help my brother? Can you help my, you know, my son is getting ready to try out for the basketball team, the football team. So I looked up and had a few people around me who were being instructed on how to uh, increase their fitness performance levels. 
And I had a friend of mine say, you know, have you ever considered being a personal trainer? And I, and I said, no. He goes, well, you'd be good at it. So that was the beginning of me uh, getting certified and becoming a fitness trainer. So back to the, why why was football, did football start Um It was, it wasn't gonna pay. Uh, what I needed it to pay at that time, I was trying to get on to the arena ball and wow. here in Arizona. And um, what they, what I could make wasn't enough to take care of my family. So I wasn't gonna pour all of my energy to get to a place where I wouldn't even be able to provide. So I didn't realize that. I, I thought I'd come out, jump in and play arena ball and make a bunch of money and take care of everything. <laughs> Well, and I would think, um, yes, I get it that it's not going to pay that what the NFL maybe does or um, I follow The Rock and he's doing that XFL now and stuff like that. But um, but something, I mean, you know, like that would be in a reasonable range. But right. that's that's fascinating. Plus the exposure to an injury that right. you could have no matter how good a shape you're yeah. in. Yeah, and, and aren't they, um, is Marina football like enclosed so you can like yeah. really get hurt? <laughs> you can't run anywhere. No. <laughs> okay, so that got you. And then when did um, so did you do some coaching before that, or in conjunction with your personal training? So I was doing coaching um, before that, and it turned into uh, get certified and actually um, exchanging my knowledge for pay for, for what I was, was teaching people. So. And I just kept doing it. And then I didn't know that I was going to be out of a job with the church. So it turned out that the church I was at, I didn't stay at and I actually needed that personal training certificate. So that became my income. So, and that was where you were a youth pastor? Right. Said. Okay. And then um, when did your competition come so in? So the competition came in, it was actually 2014. And that came in out of hanging around. So I started training uh, bikini, uh, bikini um, uh, competitors and a couple physique uh, competitors. And in training them, I kind of was seeing what they were doing and following nutrition and creating uh, workout plans for them. And I just kind of got too close and fell in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're training them, yeah. like, so you clearly had the knowledge of how your body works and how to get your physique right. to where you needed to. And you did win a trophy. Yes, that was, that, was, that was a personal, I was actually, uh, it was around my, I think I just turned 45, or I was going to turn 45. And it was my own physical uh, challenge to, to do something, to you know, make myself go through something for a reason. So it was the first time I ever competed, and I won uh, three trophies actually. Oh, excellent! And that um, was it was cool. So you were like, because I competed in bodybuilding in my twenties, and I know when people win a category, then they will put you also in like the open overall, category, right. right? The overall. So you won your what over forty five or yeah, over forty or something? The age group, the first time competing, and then sum up. Oh, so the novice, yeah. Uh, yes. And so then the, the overall novice, novice or the overall masters or something like that? It must have been novice. I would have, I would have qualified for the masters back then. Oh. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Because now it's like over 35 and I'm like, 
and it's so depressing. I mean, I'm like, what does that make me, Jurassic or something? <laughs> What's my category called? But I, it's so different than when I competed because when I competed, there was bodybuilding and then there was a fitness which was more like gymnasts and stuff. Um, I mean, they did have a certain amount of muscle, but I would equate that to now. I think there's still a fitness, um, perhaps the bikini, and those aren't supposed to be getting a bunch of muscle. But I've gone to a couple other competitions and I'm like, no, no, sweetheart, that is <laughs> But in any case, however it works, but that's, that's awesome. I. I considered that um, right before COVID hit, I was actually, I mean, even when you and I were training, I was talking about the possibility. And I just, there are certain things with our body, what they will um, comply with or not. I'm not saying it couldn't happen and I couldn't put myself to it, but the Lord has called me to some other stuff that um, I still train and I'm still t maintaining that part of my life. But um, whether a competition's coming, we'll find out to be TBD. So, okay, and so then the karate, when did that the coincide with so the training? So that kind of stuck around because the, the kickboxing is what gave me the purpose to stay in shape and started the physical training for myself and then spread to other people. So that, uh, I kept doing that. I went from kickboxing to taekwondo and um, went to an actual school and, and loved it. Then I started doing tournaments and competing in that, and I became frustrated because Taekwondo, your your hands weren't really celebrated. Like you, you make the most points with your feet. And my habit was hands, 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 and, and some feet. So I was at one tournament and was frustrated because I got dinged for a, a point. And one of the instructors leaned over and said, hey, have you ever considered Tung Sudo? I never heard of Tung Sudo. And I run into people all the time that still haven't heard of Tung Sudo. And I said, no. And he said, um, well, you gotta check it out. So I ended up checking it out. And the instructor, the, the judge, actually was an instructor. Oh, wow. Sudo. Interesting. <laughs> he leans over. Cha-ching. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> so I checked it out. I had to read a, a book of the uh, the founder before I could actually start taking classes and just fell in love with it. Just the 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 um, the depth of the art was very intriguing. Oh interesting. So, so it's a it's a form of karate. It's a they used to be called Korean some people reference it as Korean karate. It's, it's very much karate. But it's it's Korean and Korean is a little more flashy, high kicks. And, but this is very solid uh, combat defense type of an arm. Oh, okay. So it's a, and clearly more hands. A lot, a lot more hands. Okay. You still do use the feet, but yeah. the hands. Are okay. Interesting. Cool. And so you do teach that, or I you're do. just going through that? Uh, I teach it and train myself at the same time. Oh. And you've made it to black belt. Yes. And there's nothing like well, right. Black belt. Well, I made. I think it was two belts. Oh, two. Yeah. So black belt is considered first degree. So after that, there's just how many degrees after that? Um, I mean, people go up to nine. I don't think I've ever heard anybody going to three. But ninth degree is a grandmaster. He pretty much kick everybody's butt. Yes. <laughs> Do you so, still compete? 
Uh, no, no. At the, the, the most I do as far as competing is just testing. So when I have to promote to the next level, that's the most. Uh, you have, do you have to go compete, or yes, are you so, or are you test against somebody with a higher degree? Right, I test against someone with a higher degree. So the so the competing is for my promotion, not for a trophy. Oh, okay. So. Or to have to go through multiple people, right. like at some kind of tournament schedule. Right, right. It's right. just one so person just, for yeah. so it's cool. Yeah, four, four people, five people, depending on what you rank. So cool. And then, did you or did you not? You were coaching with Chuck basketball and stuff too, or not no? coaching? Just training. Training people. Okay. All right. Well, and then my time with you training was awesome and. You, you didn't let me get away with saying I was old. <laughs> My whole team tells me I'm not allowed to say that, but I'm like, look, I have more years behind me than I do in front of me, so I am in fact old. <laughs> but that's okay. If I'm okay with it, you can all be okay with that. Um, but but pushing me and what for me was the some of the best part was our conversation. Um, the fact that you are a pastor. I mean, and that's a title. I mean, you're, you have a relationship with Christ, a deep relationship where you're growing in him, you're learning, you're wanting to impart that on others. And so I found some of those times the best times because I would leave it and go in my car and sometimes just start crying because I was like struggling with whatever it was that I might have been going through. So when did that happen? Like maybe, I, I guess maybe if we go back a little bit further, like when did you... Um, what was your testimony as to when you got saved? And then moving forward, how did you get to being a pastor? So the being a pastor came from going to Bible college to grow my own personal relationship with Jesus. And I didn't, I mean, it came with a degree in and my faithfulness turned into, which is my helping uh, in this area. So I just started helping and volunteering and it went from uh, children to teenagers to, you know, hey, would you mind coming on staff and an assistant pastor? So I was an assistant pastor for 12 years and then went to another church and was uh, associate pastor for eight years and then we found the church. And was that all here? It was all here. So I I gave my life to the Lord for real when I was in California. So I was going through a little, my own little rebellion stage, trying no. to figure things out. <laughs> and it just, it was just tireless. And I had a pretty crazy car accident where I flipped 120 miles an hour, flipped my car, survived was well aware that it was because of Jesus that I survived. And um, I started taking it seriously. And um, it grew into, of course I will. Everything, <laughs> everything he did for me, of, of course I'll be available. Wow, I've heard of, through my lifetime, being here a while, including myself, of you know the ways he gets our attention. And it's typically, if we decide we want to be hard-headed about it, it is painful yeah. and shocking sometimes. And that would have woke me up, I think, too. <laughs> when I went through a period of time where 
I would get in my car after having had alcohol and I would get up in the morning and look at how my car was parked and I would think it is it is the grace of God yeah. that someone including myself did not die right. over all of this um, so I think uh, the way he gets her attention can be dramatic he knows how to put on a show <laughs> so okay so you guys have Word Life Church here um, so what is the, the vision here making disciples so what I've seen over the years is you can be a believer or you can be a follower. And um, you can be a believer to you breathe your last breath, but when you become a, a follower, you begin to create disciples yourself because things happen when you follow, when you follow him. And the, the real effort and energy to follow somebody is, is significant. And it's noticeable. You can you can believe and fit in with, with the crowd, and no one knows what you really believe. Sure. But when you're following, it's it's obvious. So that's 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 the whole the whole purpose of, of Word Life Church is to create disciples. Yeah, my former pastor said you can go sit in the garage all day, but it doesn't make you a car. Right. So yeah, just because you hang out in a certain place or you say you know it, your actions and. Following is, I, I felt recently in the last few years after my divorce in particular, the Lord, you know, showing me that I, I started feeling like, okay, at my age and my spiritual maturity, um, which I'm not, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a know-it-all or what have you, but I've studied the Bible for a long time. I have, I have taught it, um, but like having somebody who could be my mentor or my coach in any given area, frankly. Um, and so I, I understand that follower uh, mentality. I think um, that truly, like he's led me to getting coaches for my writing and it needed to be certain people. There were multiple times that different people crossed my path, but they weren't the ones. And it wasn't that I needed somebody ultra famous or anything like that, but it needed to be someone who understood you know, not my relationship with Christ, but also understood, you know, how to deploy that, how to tell that story. So I, I think that's incredible. I think, um, you know, right now after coming out of COVID and with a lot of the chaos going on in the world, I don't, there's, you're watching people who claim the name of Christ do some pretty crazy things. And so, you know, people I think are hesitant too. They're hesitant to believe but they're also hesitant to follow yeah, a sure. specific individual. And so is your um, intent to grow more here or is that following to go out into the world? Like, do you guys send out missionaries and what is what is some of the you know mission statement, I guess? Right. Yeah. So we don't send out missionaries. We support some missionaries. We have a, a Couple of different groups that we support, and they're they're friends of ours. So it's it's a, it's out of a relationship. So what we do is we go out into our neighborhood and we pray for people to be healed that may never come into the church, and, and that's that's totally fine because if I go to Walmart and see somebody who may need healing, I'll ask them, "Do you mind if I pray for you?" And, um, if they get an instant healing, there is no way you can deny 
that the power of, of Christ is available for today. And the boldness to go out with the, the people we gather to go out with, you can't lose because we're, we're doing it together. We're, we're learning, we're hanging out. And every time somebody gets healed, so that person may never see us again, but they know that you know, Jesus is real. And you know, whatever it turns into, it turns into, but we're, we're doing the works of Jesus. We're told to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I like to ask everyone, and um, when, especially when we have a little more tread on the tires, I think we, it might take a little bit to like drill in there and you might have a dozen things that you could say, but specifically, um, what would you want to say to any group of people, ages all over the place, whatever, um, that you wish you had known? early on or that somebody may have come alongside. And I know we're not supposed to like pave the road for everyone and make it smooth. Sometimes those hard lessons are the best ones that grow us, but still we don't have to learn everything the hard way. <laughs> so something, a nugget that, you know, you would wish somebody had, had maybe said to you early on. And it doesn't have to be spiritual or physical. It can be. I think the greatest advice I heard and I pass on is don't operate at the level of wisdom that you currently have. And, and, and the reason being is, I remember telling my son, um, you don't have to work, I think he was, I wanna say he was 20 years old. I was 15 years old, that's true. But I said something like, you can operate at 70 years of wisdom anytime you ask me a question. And for you not to take advantage of that is setting yourself up to learn from And I don't even remember who told me that. I'm gonna ask my brother told me that. And it is so true. If I'm limited to me, all I'm gonna get is what I have. But if I tap into others who have more than me, it's it's almost impossible for me not to go above my own capabilities. Say that that phrase again. Um, <laughs> like, well, not, not that one, the one about wisdom. Don't operate. Oh, don't operate on uh, at the level of the wisdom that you are. Yeah, don't operate at the level of wisdom that you are, or the age that you are. Um, just yeah. to. Yeah. Really yeah. Is. I mean, that's what people are around for, but I probably could not find in current research a generation that has ever listened. Right. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I probably bought that too, although I didn't have the childhood like normal people do because my the beating we went through and some of the stuff we went through, I had to grow up. I was writing checks when my mom was in the hospital when I was 11 years old. Um, but truthfully, that is my greatest wish as old school is that if somebody would listen to somebody else that's like gone before and this specifically if it's like really tight to the journey you're on i mean i get it that some people have like overarching wisdom to impart and that's still important but like you said trying to just operate on your own i mean what wisdom do you have in your 20s yeah, you're, you're, you're really cut yourself short and and time is really a gift it's a it's a gift given to us and we don't, we need to value that. 
and 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 really invest it, not just spend it, because um, what we do with it is our gift back to God. And I think people waste time more than anything. I, I think that's probably the greatest uh, abuse of the gift that we have. And you, time. you can't make more. No. I mean, we can make more money, right. but we can't make more time. And you can't buy it back when you're on your deathbed and you're wishing you would have spent more time with your kids or right. doing something that was more, left more of a legacy or something for you. Yeah. So uh, I agree. Um, yeah, if I, the, I saw this guy talking, oh, I think he was a comedian, but he was a Christian comedian and he was talking about how he um, said every morning when he wakes up, he apologizes to the Lord for robbing him of breath that day, the previous day or that day, because he was taking his breath, but was he doing with that breath and that time what he should be doing? I was like, oh, that's like your wisdom <laughs> comment. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, well, that's awesome. That's a great, uh, great nugget. We haven't had, I mean, people have said things like, you know, buy Amazon stock or, no. <laughs> you know, whatever that might be, but, um, that is awesome, and that is how I felt a lot. Just so you, I know I've told you this, but how I felt a lot when we would be training. Um, it, it's it's not how you come across. Do you know what I mean? And I'm kind of that, that sounded terrible. If you come across just calm and just you know like you are taking the gifts that you have and that wisdom you have, and it just comes out of you as. It feels to me like the words of the Holy Spirit are giving you at that time, or that wisdom at that time that you're tapping into, and it's so cool because it, it doesn't—it's not an arrogance, it's not a know-it-all-y kind of thing, or like you've read through the Bible a thousand times, so you know better than anything. It was just—it was just perfect, and it was perfect for what was happening. And I love those kind of divine appointments. I think we're, we encounter people in the same way when the Holy Spirit puts them there, and we don't take advantage of that. It's like you took advantage of what he was having you say to me. And I, I am positive, I don't even have to ask you, that that's how you are for probably everyone in your universe. And I think that's uh, that's incredible. And that spoke to me uh, a lot. And that's why I wanted to have you come on and, and talk about your journey, like through the physical, through the spiritual, um, maybe as a, a another like last note, um, what do you do um, in regard to, like, so many people are striving for good spiritual health, good physical health, mental, emotional health. Like, what is, like, the operating procedure for you to maintain the health in those areas? Um, in, in all areas or spiritual? Spiritual health? and physical, but, I mean, it, you know, it, maybe the, I would assume it probably applies across the board. That's I could good, be wrong. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't, could, I don't believe you can get out of shape physically if you're without getting out of shape spiritually. I, I think it's parallel. I think our inner strength um, it always flows into our external strength. And one of the things I do, I, le I learned this from my instructor, I never go more than three days without working out. Uh, no matter what, I, I do something. Uh, on the third day, I'm gonna do something. And the other thing is, uh, when I open my eyes, I start with being thankful. I, I start with being grateful for the breath of my lungs. And that, that turns into my devotion time. So what comes out of my mouth when I open my eyes is thankful. 
Mm-hmm. And that is, that's, that, that becomes my routine. Gratitude. And it's easy to read the Word of God, to get on my knees and pray. And when I start with, with the thank you, because I know who I'm thankful. So just, it's a segue into my devotion. What I try to do um, mentoring young people is a little devotion. It, it could be five minutes. You know, start your day with, with saying a prayer, reading the scripture, and thanking God. I, it, I, don't, I don't care how many verses, scriptures, it, just one. Give me, give me a single prayer, give me a single scripture, and, and express gratitude. It's just a healthy habit. Well, and how depressed or anxiety-ridden or worrying or all of those things, the mental, emotional, and the spiritual, if they get out of line, they absolutely affect you physically. Right. Your cells um, uh, react to that type of thing. And so now you can't lose a weight. Right. You might even put some on. Or you can't, you know, your brain fog and right. the, your lack of breathing properly. So I think it sounds a little like a lot of people seem to have a thread through it of like consistency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't need them to read all 66 books of the Bible, but if they get up, and what will happen, I would imagine, out of that gratitude, is that as that grows in consistency, is their desire to stick around Absolutely. and say, oh, what happens next? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to this. I um, have always appreciated any time we've had a conversation. Um, I loved it when we were training, even when you made me do that. What was that like? <laughs> My nemesis. They don't have one at my current gym. <laughs> but it's probably exactly what I need because I still have, you know, endurance issues. But nonetheless, anyway, I want to thank you so much because I really appreciate your friendship too. Um, thank you so much for coming to class. Um, if you want to reach out and maybe connect with Freddie, I'll have his links in the uh, show notes. Uh, my links are there as well. If you go to any of the platforms where the podcast is, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, YouTube, and give us a listen, um, give me a review, that would be awesome. I'd appreciate even engagement. If you want to reach out to me at Michelle at michellevrabel.com at my website, that I would just really love to talk to you about anything that's discussed here on the podcast, but if you specifically would like to have some information maybe if you're in Arizona if you'd like to come to Freddie's church and get to hear him up close and personal and for what three hours on a Sunday (laughs) (laughs) so thank you so much for coming to class and class dismissed